Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm excited to be back today with my main man, Terry, crypto guy, teen financial freedom person who does things that are semi-important. I don't know. He writes blogs sometimes. Jack of all trades. <laughs> Jack of all trades. We're coming at you tonight to talk about crypto. It's obviously been a hot topic for a lot of people for this entire year, but recently at the time of this recording, depending on when this comes out, the crypto market is going through a bit of a downturn. There was a pretty big drop off a few days back and things are still down pretty low. So I figured me and Terry could get on here, get, I mean, Terry's kind of our local crypto expert, kind of. Mainly he's the person who's wasted the most of his life on it, but he's the local crypto expert. So I thought I thought we'd get on here, get his opinion so you guys can have an idea of what's coming at us in the next couple of months. See what the market's looking like. How are you doing tonight, Terry? Doing fine. Uh, just just got home from Christmas shopping, so now I'm chilling and trying to rejuvenate and regain my energy. But uh, no, I'm, that's, I'm doing great. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, hey, man, like like 20 minutes ago, I think I was asleep, and then I woke up and went, <laughs> "Oh crap, I got to do that thing with you." <laughs> yeah, I took a quick I nap when I came home. Crypto market has taken a big downturn in the last couple of days. I mean, I know it was unfortunate timing for me because I just bought it, bought like crap. I, I bought like a couple hundred dollars of Ethereum. And that thing immediately just went through the floor like three days later. It's always how it is. <laughs> Remember when I bought my first uh, my first bit of crypto? I bought Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and all of it dropped by fifty percent like two weeks later. Yeah, no, like two years to recover. Yeah, my my uh, crypto portfolio is down. I don't know what that percent is, but it's. It's a large amount of money for me. Well, I mean, it's not a large amount of money, but compared to the amount I invested, it's it's a depressing amount. So I figured we could get on here and talk about just fear in the market because I think that's one of the biggest things that happens when there's a market crash is some some people start to sell. And, you know, it's there's a lot of fear going around right now. So I'd love Mm -hmm. to get your thoughts on one. Why do you think this market downturn happened? And two, Mm -hmm. what you're doing in this downturn to prep for whatever comes next and what you think is coming next yeah so no one can ever say exactly why a market downturn happened but when i was chatting with one of my friends who is much more of an expert on crypto than i am he reads these charts all day like that's all he does and he actually shares he records 10 20 minute videos uh morning and evening with us every single day so two videos a day gives us market analysis like he's He's the definition of a crypto nerd, and he, yeah, he's super well read. And it was can can we find him anywhere? Out of curiosity. <laughs> no, he's actually he's just a personal friend in town. Like he doesn't have any social media. Or, uh, Crazy man. He doesn't really produce any content, so it's just it's just a friend. Um, but no, he. I was chatting with him a couple of days ago, and I asked him what his thoughts are, and he said, "Yeah, honestly, it's quite simple. Um, if you look at this." chart here and he was showing me a little chart that shows the the leverage in the crypto market um mm-hmm. he was like we were up here and where he was pointing it was like a, a the chart was color-coded according to the degree of leverage in the market mm-hmm. and right before the big crash was it like the beginning of december when it happened i don't remember yeah, exactly early december I think it was like yeah it was like the very beginning of december 
he pointed there and he was like, so you see here, it was really high. And that means the leverage ratio in the market was really high. The average retail investor was extremely over leveraged. And just the big boys saw an opportunity to make some money. They could short this thing and wipe out a bunch of retail players who were over leveraged. And basically the market was just overheated um, too much margin, too much. Basically, for those of you who don't know what margin or leverage are, are it's essentially just um, investing in the markets with other people's money as well. So it's mm -hmm. like, it's not a perfect analogy here, but it's like using your credit card to buy more of an asset or something. Uh, to, it increases your return, but it also increases your risk or your loss. Um, so it's a way to make money, but you know, if used wrong, can also lose you can a lot of lose money. All it's very money. dangerous. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a powerful tool, but it's, it takes a very wise and experienced person to use it properly. Um, all that to say, basically the market just kind of overheated and just and so it corrected and then a on a more macro principle level um another investor i follow was talking about how um the it was starting to oh very starting so. to, to jump in they're seeing things pumping and as the saying goes um be fearful, be fearful when others are greedy be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful so um when when it was pumping would would probably been around the time to say hey maybe i should start looking at taking some profits here and there things are starting to get really crazy like you know even people who've never been interested in crypto before hitting me up and saying hey i want to jump in on this thing like how do i do it and you're yeah. like okay well and you, you help them out and um whatever and i mean you, hey, you i'm one of those people of that. to be fair yeah no, it, everyone starts at some point and it often takes a bull market like that to get people interested in of when it reaches that level um, it started to reach market saturation in a sense, or it's, it started to, there's, there's more, um, publicity about it, I guess, which involves more risk taking and, you know, leverage and just the average retail investor jumping into necessarily a bad thing, especially when you're helping friends get started. Um, but it, it, it does present an opportunity for excessive greed in the market which more right. experienced players can leverage in their own uh, interest to create a downturn and to create a bunch of fear. It's basically when they start selling. They sell, they sell to the people who are jumping in at an expensive price is a way to simplify right. it. Um, that was a really long tangent on why this all happened, but in reality, it was just quite simple. Uh, the market overheated a little bit. Um, yep. It just There's a lot of leverage. There was kind of time for a cleansing in a sense, and so that's what happened. Well, and quite frankly, when the market drops like this, you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot of those retail players. Like yeah. you know, people lose a lot of money, and then people sell out, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, crypto is not for me." It ha I mean, it happens in the stock market. It happens in right. cryptocurrency. What do you think that people should be doing now to work with basically what the market has handed them? Right. I would say if you haven't jumped in, um, and you still have a serious interest in it. Um, do your research, dig around, look at a few coins, find something that's cheap. Um, I would say most coins as of right now, um, are pretty cheap. And for honestly, if you, depending on how you, what your perspective of crypto is now is the cheapest it'll ever be quote unquote, uh, in, mm -hmm. in a macro sense, in a macro sense, as in right. any price as of this year of 2021 is cheaper than what it will be in 10 years. And there are right. obviously be dips and upturns throughout the year 2021, but the, the average price today will be far cheaper than 10 years from now. 
10 years ago in 2011, it doesn't matter when you bought out throughout the year of 2011, if you bought anything then and just held it till now, you'd be real happy. You'd be really happy. rich. You'd be, you'd be um, wrong with it. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of a If you're still interested in crypto, it's when you buy. Just know that many people, even myself, when I bought in, it dropped 50% even more. Like it dropped a further 50%. And I just didn't sell. I just held it and ended up turning that 50% loss into a 10x gain, um, which is a 1,000% return. So, And I did nothing but just hold it. So it, it's not it's not hard. You know. A lot of people overthink <laughs> it, um, and it's just it's the majority of it. The majority of the difficulty is about educating yourself in a new industry, a new market that not a lot of people have experience in, and just controlling your emotions. Because while there's a lot of money to be made, there's also a lot of money to be lost if you don't do things right. But the same is so, said with the stock market. So I'd like to ask because I know that the last time we got on here, we talked about crypto. You, um, like you, you thought you were very optimistic about where mm -hmm. the market was going in December. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I might be misquoting you, but I, I remember a lot of people were saying, or questioning if Bitcoin would go all the way to a hundred K. Yes. Um, if we'd see a blow off top to the market. Yeah. Um, and I remember your biggest piece of advice was keep your eyes on your coin targets and, you know, hope, hoping yeah. we'll get there. Right. Right. So now that Bitcoin is down to, Oh gosh, what is it? It's at forty-seven thousand right now, and it was at mm -hmm. probably probably still up in the upper. I believe it was at the in the in the upper sixties last time mm -hmm. we talked. How are you feeling now that we're down what thirty percent? Mm -hmm. I would say throughout the when I started in twenty eighteen, my average look outlook on crypto was quite neutral. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't really care what would happen in the next six months or a year. I mean, I would I would watch videos and learn from investors who are fairly optimistic we're hoping targets would hit this price by this certain time and i would keep mm -hmm. it in mind but i wouldn't necessarily um worry too much about it it's like well when it comes it comes and i found that well um over the years and as in 2021 things took a little bit of a different turn because i knew we were in the in the truly in the midst of a, of a bull market previously i might have thought we were um, but it was in reality more of a bear market um, but this time, like in 2021, I knew we were in the midst of a bull market and a lot of things, there was a lot of crazy pumps and stuff that could happen in the crypto market. So I started to set my eyes on higher targets by certain timeframes and no one could time the market, but these were just the best predictions I could get my hand on, uh, right. hands on from other investors. So it was, it was a very common outlook of most investors in crypto that Bitcoin was going to hit six figures by December, by the end of the year of 2021. And some people are completely pessimistic about it now. They're like, oh, that's not going to happen at all. Some people I follow are still believing that there could be some um, crazy stuff happening by the end of the year, um, maybe an 85 or 90K Bitcoin. Um, and I think they're, I'm assuming most are anticipating. So essentially, some people I've been following are still pretty optimistic about an 85, 90k Bitcoin by the end of the year or something like that. Uh, I know one guy that's really popular on Twitter called Plan B. Uh, he goes by the name Plan B on Twitter. Um, he's got some pretty interesting targets and in, in, what were they? Like, um, not systems, but like some kind of way he approached looking at markets, the markets and setting targets um, that gave him similar like hundred hundred thirty five thousand dollar bitcoin 
price by the end of the year a while back um mm-hmm. now i just saw he recently tweeted out like it'll take a bit of a miracle but it's still technically possible for bitcoin to hit 100k by the end of the year most of the people i'm following have just pushed the targets out to potentially just moving into january and february and maybe a bit mm-hmm. of a dip and a drawback after that um so at this point i mean i won't i won't like pretend i didn't care um it was quite disappointing to see like the the market drop like that because in anticipation of of okay so everyone has been saying over and over and over throughout the whole year that december is like the the big the big time the the big um potential i I don't know what you call like run up for most cryptos it's when you'll see it's going crazy blow of tops really and uh, it was going to be a like hype market i had all my positions in place since i was like i was eager i was like man you know what will that look like and i'm still eager um but i just got to tone down my emotions some so at best i would say i was disappointed um but it didn't change my investment thesis at all Uh, my coins are still there my positions are still in i've got in early um i'd say the best i yeah, that's, that's essentially how, how I'm just doing things. Um, also, one thing I... Essentially, what I'm doing during a downturn is just not letting my emotions get to my head and sticking with my trading plan. And right. what I've what I've seen is that the people... At least what I've learned from the people I follow is that what's brought them the most success is they create a trading plan, they pick their coins, their solid coins, and they pick some targets. And they're not afraid to revise those targets. And... While they'll try to set time frames, they're also not afraid to revise those time frames. The time frames are by far the hardest part uh, to get so, right. I'm so. curious, how do you choose a target for a coin? Because I think most people aren't going to have the technical analysis skill or don't even know where to start with the technical analysis. So right. they just be like, ah, you know, Ethereum 10K sounds good. Yeah. How do you actually know what a good coin target is and how do you go about setting one of those? So this is probably one of my weakest parts of technical analysis. I'm learning technical analysis right now. Um, I started actually just a few weeks ago with the guy I was mentioning who was telling me something about this most recent dip and downturn. But um, I would say for the average person, the best place to start would be to... Hmm, this is tricky because I don't want to say follow anyone and their targets. But mm-hmm. it honestly, it could be just to pick a content not a content creator per se, but just a very experienced, calm, cool-headed investor who's been in the market for a while, who has some kind of strategy, and maybe just watch their videos, kind of see what strategy they're using, what their track record has been, what their followers are saying about them, what their reputation is, essentially, and start there. So I started with a guy in town who I met, and he had some prior experience in trading, and so he used... He uses Fibonacci's and uh, the five-step Elliott Wave Theory. Those are two things you can search online. He, he also uses TradingView, which is a charting platform to set his targets. Um, but those are the two tools he uses, the five-step Elliott Wave Theory and um, Fibonacci's to set different price levels and targets and where a coin is at in its movement to a certain price level. That's key. That's, that's really what the five-step Elliott Wave Theory is um, there for is for kind of showing you a run a coin or investment is at. Um, I, t- I still don't have those things down. I'm familiar with them, but I still don't have them mastered. Um, those are the two tools I have the most confidence in because they're just what I've seen the people I follow use. Then I later bought a subscription to the guy I was following in town, to his mentor online. Mm-hmm. And he uses, he's been a trader for decades. 
and uses very similar tools. And so really just it comes down to finding someone who's more of an expert in this, taking their advice with a grain of salt, of course, because um, my, my one word of advice when finding a mentor in the investing space is to, to, to know certain principles. And the first and primary one is that if they're telling you making money in the market is easy, they're lying. Mm-hmm. And if they sound like they're telling you they know where the market is going, they're also lying. They right. don't know. No one knows. It's it's a, it's, a it's just a fact. It's a it's a law of the universe that no one in the markets knows exactly what's going to happen. They can I mean, have very yeah. educated guesses. They can be very close, pr- probability wise, but it can't be hundred percent certainty. Um, yeah, I mean, just, you can't. There's so, many, the guys, there's so many variables outside sorry. of your control. Like, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that one, one of the guys that I follow, the best way that he described it is he always makes jokes about being able to call Bitcoin. But yeah, he says that in reality, Bitcoin is a lot like a crazy neighbor that you have. One day they might be having you know a nice, productive, normal day. And the next day they might be throwing a party and shooting in your mailbox. You don't really know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, just like a crackhead neighbor who's just so sporadic. Yeah. Maybe, like, maybe the best way to put it is like a schizophrenic person. You know? <laughs> they have like 25 different personalities and it can be one on one day of the week or 15 on the same day. Uh, yeah. Every other minute. Yeah, it just, it's so it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's, there's so much variety to it. It's, it's just hard to pin it down. So it really, and that's why um, the most successful principles and tools to use as a trader are controlling your emotions, creating a plan and trading, trading, executing that plan and not deviating from it. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can change it a little if, if hard set factors change and those affect your trading plan, but not deviating from it in the sense that you throw it out the window when things get heated or when a market's crashing. Um, right. So it's really just about controlling your emotions and being more cool and level-headed than all the other retail investors in the market, and that's what it comes down to. Target-wise, yeah, I would I would point someone to resources from ex- from experienced investors, and depending on their level of interest in the markets, uh, would dictate whether they learn how to do it themselves or merely follow a reputable and trustworthy experienced investor. Awesome. Well, I'm, yep. I mean, that pretty much summarizes exactly what I expected you to say. <laughs> um, so, I mean, honestly, there's not that much more to it. Um, it's all yeah. about just staying consistent. I mean, I know that's that's what you said. You turn you 10x your money just by staying consistent and yep. Yep. going after it all the time. That's, so that's, what, that's the reality. Basically, what I was telling my brother earlier, because as we're, you know, walking around the mall dying, because... I'm not a shopper. We love Christmas shopping. Um, <laughs> but the basically what I was telling him was he was asking me if the targets were still in play for the end of the year. And I was like, yeah, so a lot of people I'm following are still pretty optimistic about it. What it really comes down to, though, is um, I I have my plan. I have the coins. I have my targets. I, I have my positions. And I'm just going to let it play out. And if things change, I'll, I'll modify my plan. But I'm not going to let my emotions get in the way. And it's just going to be... It's just tried and true, kind of doing what no one else is willing to do. Everyone else is kind of has a ultimatum when they jump into crypto markets. They want to put five hundred bucks in, take ten thousand out tomorrow, and buy a Lamborghini, whatever it is. Uh, and they're not <laughs> approaching it from a very rational and cool-headed mindset. 
So do you think that at this time in the market, people should still be buying into coins? Do you like do you do you think if I was like, hey, Terry, I'm a dump 500 into Ethereum right now? Do you think mm. that that would be a good decision? Do you think people should still be buying? Or do you think they need to hold up until we get some kind of confirmation on Bitcoin that it's going to continue going up? Because that's one of the biggest things that the people I'm following are saying is that right. Bitcoin needs to have a day where I don't even remember what the number they said. Probably it was like 54, 55K. Basically, mm-hmm. Bitcoin needs to close above a certain price, which will be yes. a confirmation that it's going to continue on upwards. Um, yes. And until that confirmation, that people should just sit back and wait. What are your thoughts? Should people sit back and wait or should they buy in now at the hope that this is that we are at the bottom? Right. Very tricky because like the people you're following, I'm kind of the same stance of it's a very iffy time. We're kind of like right in the middle of if this happened, it could just bottom out and drop even lower and that would completely change everyone's expectations and we could keep going down. Um, I don't think it nothing I don't, like I, said, I don't think nothing average that will happen in the market normally. Like it, we could get an even nastier downturn, but it's not going to kill Bitcoin long term. So right. that's an important caveat. But it would still be a bummer saying, ah, if I had waited three weeks, I could have gotten even cheaper. I could have, you know, gotten twice or three times as many coins as I bought. Mm-hmm. You know, if I bought now. Um, however, it's also the flip side of if I, you know, this could be the lowest and it could just be pumping straight up to 100K from here or to 85, 90 or whatever it is. So it's it's very iffy and I can't say one way or another. Um, right. Like the people you're following, I'm also kind of looking at the sim- similar numbers of if Bitcoin can hit, I think it's like around 55, not quite 60K for a confirmation number of like, okay, we're going higher from here. Right. Um, what I would tell them is look at your time frame and the amount of money you have. Um, if if you got 50 bucks right now and you're willing and you're just kind of experimenting, then it wouldn't hurt to just put some money in and to get some experience. Whether that's Ethereum, Ethereum I know might have a target like say 10K at some point, end of the year, next year, whatever it is. So most people jumping into crypto are like a 2k Ugh, that's disgusting you know not even worth my time um but compared to say the stock market a 2x return on your money in less than a year is insane um yeah. in the stock so market it, that's absurd. It, it does matter about your perspective and your time frame and the amount of money you have um if you've got a really large sum of money it could it could help to i guess my advice would be dollar cost average take 25 percent, invest it in a variety of coins or a certain one you have in mind um then wait if it keeps pumping, then you might be able to put a little bit in, maybe like 15% or 10% into a, new, a, into a coin that's still cheap that hasn't moved yet. But if it drops out the floor, you're like, yeah, let's go. And you can load up on some, even some more. So I, my advice would be in times of uncertainty like we're in, invest for the long term, like two, three years, um, and dollar cost average your way in. So don't dump it all in one go. Just buy little bits and pieces here and there. Uh, just to be clear, I disagree with Terry, and I think that you should YOLO all of your savings <laughs> into... I d- recently discovered this new amazing coin. It's called sh- uh, Shitcoin. And I think that you should YOLO your your money into this project. It will be amazing. Uh, 1,000x gains within the week. You're going to get your uh, TFF canceled, Chase. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is not financial advice. Please don't do what I just said. Some some fourteen year old kid's gonna be taking you serious and like be throwing his five hundred dollar college savings in there. <laughs> <laughs> to so. be fair, I already threw five hundred into Ethereum and immediately lost like a hundred dollars. So, so you know, twenty percent loss. That's not bad. Uh, you know, it's it's not bad. It's yeah. not bad. But it's still painful. It's still, sure. it's still painful considering it's like it happened. It's like dropping a 65, 65 pound dumbbell in your pinky, basically. Exactly. See, okay. the, the thing is, is that, like my pinky, it'll it'll actually recover. It'll come back. Right. Maybe not Did within you ten that days. Story on the podcast, or was that? No, that was actually pre-podcast. Yeah, for listeners, I was at the gym a couple of days ago doing some calf raises with one of my buddies, and we were using heavy weight, sixty-five pound pound dumbbells to build like explosive power. And I went to re-rack some of the weights, missed the rack. So, like, the first half of the dumbbell went on, second half didn't, and it caught the lip on the edge. Dumbbell slid back down and crushed my pinky between this edge of the rack and the dumbbell, which was 65 pounds, and popped it like a grape, as the doctor described. I had three horizontal, uh, like, splits in the meat of my finger. Like, I don't know what you'd call it. It's not the skin, but, like, you know how the... the the tat, what is it called? Like where your fingerprint is, whatever the heck is under there. Yeah. Uh, that split in That's three horizontal. Yeah, I five stitches in a quarter inch cut. That's which basically. Is, well, yeah, it's quite like smooshing a grape. It's just like, yeah, lit- it's just quite literally. If if you go to your go to your fridge, if you have grapes, and just like slowly compress a grape until the side splits open and it pops. That's exactly what happened to my finger, just much faster. Wow. Like the the skin the skin busted open, blood squirted out. It was nice. Whew, I gotta be honest, I have never seen that much of my own blood before. Did you, did it hurt? Oh, it hurt! It hurt like it hurt like hell, dude. <laughs> but literally, it was so. I was there with my buddy Sam and another friend. Her name's Nicole. She comes to the gym mm-hmm. with us every once in a while. And like I was shocked because you you know what it feels like when you like stub your finger, Terry, or just like stub yeah. a toe, or like close your hand yeah. on a door. That's what it felt like, just worse. And I was like, I kind of like, you know, jerked my hand away. I was like, what the hell? And I like grabbed my finger and looked at my finger, blood everywhere, just coming out of the finger. And like the skin was black and Sam went, yo, and points at the dumbbell and there's a blood splatter on the dumbbell. And I kind of like <laughs> looked at my left scene. arm and saw like little, little specks of blood all across my arm and there's specks on my hand. And I was like, what? I was like, and, and Nicole comes over. She's like, oh my God, what happened? And I was like, I, I don't know, man. Um, and so I was like, guys, I, I was like, still obviously a little bit in shock. And I was like, guys, I'm going to go wash this off. Can you wipe off that dumbbell? And they were like, yeah. And I go and I like wash my finger in the sink. I like look at it. And that, it hurt. By the way, mm-hmm. the place I was at, they use like treated water in their sinks, which mm. means it has salt in it. Mm. So I poured salt water into my finger. <laughs> That's painful. And it was like. I like I pee, like I push my finger back like this. And I was there, like I could see the meat of my finger. I was like, oh, I got like I've never seen that much of my own blood. But it wasn't as painful as when I broke my ankle, but it was way more bloody. Mm-hmm. And I got like I got like nauseous. I was shocked because you know you're always like, oh, I'd be so good if I got stabbed or something, yeah, you know. Yeah. But I was like, with like mentally, I was fine. But physically, I was, like, nauseous in my chest. It felt like I was about to throw up, but I wasn't. That's weird. And, of course, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, all right, Chase, be a man. Be a man. Be a man. You got it. You got it. No fear. (laughs) Well, you know what it was? It was just preparation for uh, 
a like you're a nasty bear market in crypto. So, oh yeah, no, it was it was a premonition basically. It, it, it was basically like you know here's here's what could happen to my portfolio and you know, <laughs> now I can handle it. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. yeah, uh, that was that was my that was my prep for crypto. I'm mentally prepared for if a bear market comes now. And tries to throw was, a sixty-five pound dumbbell in your pinky. So. <laughs> I'll just I'll just throw a sixty-five pound dumbbell at my computer and pretend it didn't happen. I'll be I, I can I can live in ignorance. I, don't know. I remember Big, that Bitcoin? joke. There's a joke going around on like Wall Street bets that uh, if you're trading on like you know say most people use Robinhood. So if you know yeah. you're on Robinhood and you lost a bunch of money, or you're even on a margin call, where you need to pay some money because uh, you're using debt. Then just you know uninstall the app and it'll be all. It'll be better. <laughs> just ignore it. <laughs> if you just ignore it, it'll go away, Terry. Oh, don't do that. I've done. I've actually done that in my life once or twice before, and mm. I can tell you, it does not go away. Not with like this, but like, you know, big thing on my mind recently has been my relationship, and sometimes I just ignore mm. problems there, and that didn't work. But that's another yeah, that's podcast. Tough. That's the oh, TFF yeah. relationship podcast coming to a to a podcasting platform near you, uh, in 2022. So, it'll we'll might we'll do a Christmas special about yeah. TFF relationships. That, that would honestly be pretty interesting. So, so yeah, I I think that summarizes it up. Cool. Awesome, um, I don't guys. have well, any. I hope you, yeah, I don't have yeah. anything else crypto related coming to mind. But if you do nope. have questions, hit us up. We'll yeah, you guys, happy to listeners. Questions. Hope we were able to help a little bit with this. Besides our little blabbering at the end here. Hope this gives you some insight into what's happening in the crypto market. Like Terry said, if you want to go find people on YouTube, on Twitter, whatever, who you can trust, check into their background, see what their record is, and basically just follow good advice because most of the time they're more experienced than you're going to be. Don't end up with pump and dumpers, please. That'd be bad. Yep. If people yep. say things like I said earlier about shitcoin, don't listen to them. Yeah. One thing I'll throw out is if it generally, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably, probably is. is too good to be true. And uh, if you want to, if you're really, really curious and you want to see, like, hear about the kind of people or get the names of the people we're learning from, uh, we'll be more than happy to share them with you. Uh, I just I like want to throw them out here. Trades. <laughs> um, I just didn't want to throw them out here to seem like any of my information was biased um, or that I was trying to show a certain person or a creator or whatever. No, I, Most of the I follow. I are pretty obscure. So just feel, yeah, follow... like, reach out and we'll share the names. So. I follow probably five to ten people on YouTube and Twitter, um, mm -hmm. and basically in the course of a week, I'll just watch through various videos that they post out, um, look through their tweets, and put together my own opinions of each right. of the bits of information that they're putting out. Probably the most solid way to approach it, for sure. Yeah, um, like like they, it doesn't matter. They could be obscure, like Terry's guys. They could be big. Just get a wide range of opinions on what people think is going to be happening in the market and then make the best educated decision for you based mm -hmm. on that information. Like, I mean, if you have 10 to 15 different people all saying that they think crypto is going to go up, it's a pretty good indicator that it might go up, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and vice versa too. You got 15 people saying it's going down, might be going down. And if they have split opinions across the board, then I don't know they, you, you have to make your own decision on that. Right. Don't don't let any one entity influence how you're going to manage all of your money. That's right. the story that, here. That's a good way to put it. For sure. It's a good way to get burned. Yes, because that no single entity is ever perfect. Is ever 100 percent right. Right. That's why so. it's called democracy.
that I think that summarizes everything, Terry. So to the listener, cool. uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Uh, Merry Christmas. If we don't write, record another episode between now and Christmas, I don't know when this is coming out, but Merry Christmas to the listeners. This might be post Christmas, and I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. See you. See you. See you guys. See you, Terry. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it.